God is good. God is good, and it's important that we remember God's goodness. It's important that we remember God's goodness. We spent a while earlier this year, uh, around Memorial Day and a couple weeks after that, talking about the spiritual importance of remembrance. The, the spiritual importance of, of remembering the ones who have gone before us and the legacy that has been given to us, but not just those who have gone before us, but all the things that God has done in our lives that have blessed us to allow us to get to where we are today. Amen. Today we're going to lean into that practice, that spiritual practice of remembrance, and look back on the year. We're going to look back on 2019, and there's two reasons we're going to do that. One is, uh, when I'm you know, flipping through the channels which you don't really do it much anymore, but as you're looking at the streaming services that are available and you see that year in review, how many of you love watching those year in review? Like looking back on the last year. And right now we get to do uh, not only looking back on the last year, but looking back on the last decade. Um, we're going to do that for the next two weeks, actually, just so you know. This week we're going to look back at the last year. Next week we're going to look back at the last decade. And we're going to do it for two weeks for, for two reasons. Uh, when we look back at the last year, what we're going to be doing is looking at the seeds that we've been planting for the last 52 weeks. Um, we've been putting some stuff in place here at Northwest in the last year uh, that has been seeds that are intended to become a, a beautiful harvest in the years to come. And I'll show you what I mean here in a minute. So we're going to be looking back at the last year to see where we've been and what God's been doing. We're going to do it as a church, and I'm going to give you some tools to do it at home this week as you think about your last year and you, as you think about your next year. But as we look next week at the last decade, one of the things we need to do, how many of you uh, in, let me, let's see, 2019, how many of you in 2010 were not yet members at Northwest? 2010, not yet members at Northwest. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, it's something like 65% of the members at Northwest have been here for less than 10 years. And so there's something that some of you don't know uh, that those of us who have been here a long time do know. And that's that there have been things that this church has prayed for over the last 10 years that God has answered. And some of you that are here today are those answers to those prayers, and I want you to know it. Uh, and so next week, we're going to come in, and we're going to look at prayers that Northwest has prayed over the last 10 years, and we're going to see what God's done with those prayers. And we're going to look back, and we're going to ponder on the mighty works of God, and we're going to see what He's done. And I think what it's going to do for us is it's going to open our eyes, not to where we have been, but it's going to open our eyes to where God might be calling us to go. Because I don't think that God intends for Northwest to stay where we are. I believe that what God wants for Northwest is to become a church on the move, a church on mission, a part of his kingdom movement to seek and save the lost and transform the creation. Exactly. That's where God's taken us. But before we get there and see where God's taken us, we're going to take a little while to see where God's already blessed us. When I first started working on this sermon, I thought, I'll come up with some really neat things that happened in 2019 that people may not know. Well, it turned out that was too much work. Christmas happened this week. I was busy. Um, and, and so I thought, well, I'll just do some, some work on the research on the church family, things about, about you guys that will be interesting. And it turned out that was too much work. Um, so here's what we're doing. You're doing my research for me as we think about what God has done in the lives of the members of Northwest this year. Uh, so to start off, this is how we're going to do it. How many of you had a birthday in 2019? 
God blessed you with one more. Isn't that great? One more. One more. And some of you are kind of going, I could have done without one more, you know, but that's okay. Uh, how many of you had an anniversary in 2019 and also remembered which anniversary it was? Yeah, okay, a few of you both. How many of you got married in 2019? Quite a few, yeah. How many of you can think of something new you learned? Yeah. How many of you had your spouse just raise your hand and you're like, you better have learned the thing I taught you? Yeah. <laughs> How many of you went to any kind of school in 2019? Any kind of school? Yeah. This is my way of telling how many kids are paying attention. Not enough. How many of you left the country? 2019. How many of you became a Christian in 2019? Yeah, a few became Christians. How many of you read either the entire Bible or a lot of it in 2019? Yeah, isn't that incredible? How many of you lost somebody who made your life better while they were here? A lot of us lost someone. And we're grateful for those things too. Not all of life is, is filled with joy. A lot of times the greater things are the things that remind us of how good life was and can be and could be and is the transitions and the changes and the beauty of all the things God is doing. Uh, how many of you in, in your immediate family or maybe your grandkids, how many of you had an exciting uh, addition to your family through marriage or birth? Yeah, number there. It's been a, it's been a year. It's been a year. Uh, at Northwest this year, we started out the year spending a, a couple of, of months talking about Missio Dei, the mission of God. And what we did in those months at Northwest uh, is we talked about how God is on mission and God has always been on mission. And when you get into scriptures, what you'll see is that God is always up to something. There is not a time in, in the pages of scripture where you're reading a story about people doing something that God's not doing something with them, for them, in spite of them or something. God's always up to something. We made the mistake in the church over the last several hundred years of sometime thinking that God at some point finished and just stepped back and started watching. And if God finished when Jesus got out of the grave and ascended to sit at his right hand, if God finished when that happened, then all we have to do as Christians is believe and be baptized and you can be saved, and then we just try and, and not lose our salvation until we die and go to heaven. That if God's not still on mission, then we don't have to still be on mission. So what that means is that if God's not still active and alive and intimately involved in the lives of his people, in his creation, then we could take some time off. We can just make sure that our thoughts match God's thoughts and we read and study and think the things we ought to think. However, if God is still on mission today, if the mission of God is ongoing, if the mission of God is still happening in this world, what we believe is that it's happening through his spirit in his people. 
that God lives in us and he gives us spiritual gifts for the good of the church. He gives us fruit that allow us to take on his character and virtue, that the spirit gives us guidance and it prays on our behalf when we don't know what to pray for, that the spirit continues to do things in the lives of the people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ that allow us to continue to live out the mission of God in the world that we live in. And suddenly the job description of being a Christian changes. It's not about thinking the right thoughts and believing the right beliefs. That's there, but that's the entry point into a life of saying, what is God doing in the world and how do I help him do it? Where does Jesus want his hands and feet and mouths to go and how do I get my hands and feet and mouth there moving and doing what God wants done in the world? That's the mission of God. And it's not over. It's not over. God is still on mission, and anywhere we see God moving, we as Northwest are going to get on board and do what God needs done in the world that he created by the power of the Spirit because of the one who lived and died and rose from the grave to give us that gift. We talked about Missio Dei, where is God moving? In one of the, our staff meetings in the, the middle of, uh, of kind of having these conversations and sermons and in, uh, in our classes and in leadership uh, meetings, we were saying, where is God moving? What is God up to and how do we get on board? And we started looking at our visitors and we started looking at our guests and we started looking at, at some of our young adults at Northwest and we realized that God was doing something in front of our eyes that we weren't paying attention to. We realized that God, one of the things that in, in God's wisdom and foresight that he had started doing at Northwest without us even doing anything to really deserve it was that he was filling this auditorium with young adults that were excited and waiting to be activated and waiting to be called to ministry and membership, waiting to be called. And, and so we started trying to catch up with what God was already doing. Our shepherds got together with these young adults. And, and here's what I want to do for just a minute so you can see part of the mission of God at Northwest is if you're an adult between 18 and 30, I just want you to stand up for a second. 18 and 30. Is it exciting what God's doing at Northwest? Are we excited? You guys can sit down. If you just stood up, here's what I want you to know. We realized in about January that God was doing something we weren't aware of. He was bringing you here to be involved in a Bible class, and be involved in a life group, to be involved in ministry, to be involved in mission. And all year, we have loved getting to watch what God has done through each one of you. And we're excited about the seed that God has started planting in your lives and the seeds you've already been planting in this church that are going to keep producing a harvest for years and decades to come. God's on mission. We're just trying to keep up. It's one of the ways we saw that this year. We moved from there talking about Missio Dei. We had an incredible March for Missions uh, last year, incredible giving. Uh, Lee was talking about the budget at Northwest earlier. Uh, one thing you may or may not know about Northwest, but every year at Northwest on one Sunday, we give 20 to 25 percent of what we give for the year, and all of that money goes to missions. Jimmy mentioned it in his prayer. We're not just a church that's interested in the poor, and we are that, but we're a church that's interested in seeking and saving the lost, that's taking the kingdom of God, breaking into this world everywhere God opens a door for us to do it. And so a large amount of our budget at Northwest goes to 
uh, care for the least of these, but also goes to missions. And our March for Missions effort uh, really celebrated that idea of Missio Dei. And then we moved into our, our Home Point ministry and our Faith at Home ministry. And uh, if, you're, if you haven't been here this year, one of the things that you may not know is this Home Point Resource Center out here in our South Foyer is new this year. Um, it was an exciting series. We talked about how important it is that parents be the primary disciple makers of their children at home. There's a mentality that's crept into the church in recent generations that you can outsource the passing of faith to your children to a really good youth minister or children's minister or Bible class teacher or church or Bible camp, whatever. And, and we're moving the responsibility of passing faith to the next generation back into the house and the church is going to surround our families and equip them and empower them and resource them and do everything we can to help parents to do that. And where parents are incapable of doing it, we're going to provide moms and dads in this church that are going to help raise up the next generation. But we're going to move the primary source and, and location for ministry to children into the home. We, we did our uh, Raising Spiritual Champions seminar where we celebrated the different ways that families can do that. We tried to equip parents to do spiritual formation in the home, not just with Bible study, but also with worship and testimony and the sharing of stories. Also with uh, practices of prayer and not just engaging with God, but disengaging from the world so that God has more room to come into our lives. Of, of social justice and mission, of making a difference in the world, of being God's, not just his thinkers, but his hands and his feet and his doers that make the world a better place. How do we raise kids that are spiritually formed in all of these ways so that they become the champions of today, tomorrow, and the age to come? All of these different ways. How do we help our kids to do that? We've been planting seeds. Faith at home. Uh, also, uh, this fall we did the, the Good Fight Marriage Seminar where we talked to families about how um, it's important to find ways to resolve conflict in your marriage. It's important to fight for your marriage, but to not be angry in your marriage, but to find ways to work through and resolve conflict. And that healthy conflict can help marriages and families to become stronger, not ignoring the problems, but working through them towards health. Uh, we talked about how to do that in marriages. We continue to be a church and a family that wants to help equip husbands and wives to be the best versions of themselves for the sake of their children, for the sake of the church. It matters. We're talking to families. Uh, we did our, our Faith at Home campaign uh, for two months, nine weeks. We did the, the nine campaign where we focused on the fruit of the Spirit. That campaign on the fruit of the Spirit continues to bear fruit. Dolores caught me this morning on the way in and the packet that we encourage families to take home and to put into practice and have conversations with their kids every week about a different fruit of the Spirit. And when we say fruit of the Spirit, a fruit of the Spirit's not an apple, right? Or a coconut. Fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. So if you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit. Because we talked about how the fruit of the Spirit is what it is, is when the Holy Spirit of God comes into our lives and begins to take occupancy in our hearts. That it begins to contagiously transform us into taking on the very character and virtue of God himself. That we become love like God is love. We become peace like God is peace. 
and all these different character traits that are evident in God and in Jesus, now by the Spirit dwelling in us, begin to contagiously transform each one of us to look more like Jesus, who is in the image of the Father. That's the power of the fruit of the Spirit coming into us. And for nine weeks, we celebrated what the Spirit was doing at this congregation, and we called us to even greater living out of that. And Dolores was telling me she took one of those packets, and she felt led by the Spirit to send them to all of her family. We said, share it with your family. We kind of meant at home. She just said, my family's not at home. Put stamps on them and send them out. And we've already shared some of the successes that came from her sending those out. But another one, uh, this last week, she heard from, uh, was it a cousin in South Carolina who said, I went and took this to my church. And my youth director said, man, we're building this into our curriculum. And the preacher said, well, wait a minute. Well, show me what you're doing. And they start making copies. And the preacher gets a copy. and, And he says, Uh, I'm preaching on this for nine months. We're going to spend one month, and we're going to be challenging families in our church to be living out goodness for a month. And we're going to talk about what it means. All of that because at this church, we said, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We want to do it with your families. And someone said, I'm going to take that seriously. God's doing it in other places. The mission of God is alive if we'll just see it and get on board. Uh, there's several paintings that are up here this week. These are from our, our fourth and sixth grade, fourth through sixth grade uh, girls at Northwest. Spent some time painting what they think of when they think of the fruit of the Spirit. And I encourage you to come look at these this morning because we celebrate what God's Spirit is doing in our midst. And wherever we can, we increase God and we lift Him up and we enhance Him and we allow Him to do even greater things in us and through us. That is what The fruit of the Spirit is about. Our faith at home ministry challenged families to be thinking about that at home while we did it here at church. You know, as we've been doing this kind of remembering this morning about what we've done at Northwest this year and what God's been doing uh, among us, you know, this is the kind of things you also need to be doing at home. You need to be spending time asking yourself, not just planning New Year's resolutions for next year, You need to take some time and ask yourself, what has God done in my life last year? What has God already been doing in my life that I haven't noticed or paid attention to? Is God trying to send me in a direction that I'm oblivious to because I haven't taken a little bit of time to do some homework about what direction he's been sending me, been empowering me, been calling me, gifting you? What is God already doing in your life that you haven't seen? And what has God done for you that you haven't thanked him for? that you haven't given him glory and praise and honor for what he's already done so that you can get ready for the vision that he's going to give you for where he's taking you next. Psalm 111. Psalm 111 is a psalm that really reminds us about why this is important for us to, as individuals and as a church, engage in this spiritual practice of remembering things. Psalm 111 says this, Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear Him. He remembers His covenant forever. 
He has shown His people the power of His works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of His hands are faithful and just. All His precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for His people. He ordained His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. I want to key in on two of these verses. Verse 2 says this, Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. God's doing all kinds of things in your life, whether you know it or not. But there is a responsibility for those who delight in God to spend time pondering His great works. For us to spend time thinking back to doing a little bit of rewinding to say, what did God do in my life this year? What did God do for me and through me and, and with other people as a blessing to me? What has He done in His great work in my life? What is it? What has it been? And spend time pondering that. You who delight in the Lord. Because in verse 4, He has caused His wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. God desires us to do this good work of remembering the things that He has done, of remembering the blessings that He's given us in our lives, of remembering His goodness, His mercy, His compassion, His blessing. You know, I also want to challenge you to do an inventory of your year. Just spend some time thinking about all the things God has done. Do an inventory of your year. How has God blessed you? How has God worked in you and through you? Uh, I want to challenge you to do a spiritual growth audit. A spiritual growth audit. You know, earlier this year when we were talking about faith at home, one of the things we talked about was how spiritual formation works, that it's more than just a head thing. Um, do we have the spiritual growth chart? Yeah. Uh, and we talked about this chart a little bit. We talked about it a lot at the workshop for the families, but we talked about it a little bit in a couple of our sermons. And I want you to look at this chart for just a minute. Spiritual growth, we've often just thought, if you want to grow spiritually, you need to read your Bible more and pray more. Those are kind of our two tools that we in the Church of Christ have really excelled at over the years. But unfortunately, if you want to be a well-rounded, spiritually formed person, you, it takes more than just those two things. If you want to be a spiritually formed person, Jesus says you've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You're all of it. So your body involves actually getting out and serving people and doing good and being involved in loving the least of these and caring for the poor and serving the brokenhearted and doing social justice and doing mission. It's about being active and engaged in the world. It's a doing kind of spirituality. And we need that. We need to be on mission as a church and in our own individual lives. We need to have times that we get into, uh, into prayer and seasons of fasting and silence and solitude and contemplation that we disengage from the world so we can more engage with God. We've not always had these practices in our churches. 
We need to make sure that we're involved in the emotional and relational and the heart space of spiritual formation, engaging in worship and praise, engaging in, in loving one another, in relationships, in small groups, and in, in sharing one another's stories and testimonies so that we can be growing in ourselves and in our relationships with others and our relationship with God. Then in this way, we become, it's, this is the balanced diet of spirituality. It's not just vegetables and fruit. It's also meat and bread and all the different, what's the other one, dairy. There's five of them. There's four of these. You get the, the, the reference. A balanced diet is important to your body. A balanced spiritually formed life is important to your soul. And as you look back over the last year, what I want you to do is think, which one of these four areas has God been growing in you the most? And as you do look forward into next year, what I want you to be asking is which one of these is God seeking to grow in you going forward? Which one is God wanting to, to really get you to engage in practices of one of these areas so that the Spirit can work in you and through you to not only grow you, but to begin to transform those who are around you and the entire world by the power of His Spirit working in you and through you? Which one of these areas has He been working in you the most, and which one is He calling you to start working on next as you keep growing in the Spirit? Loving God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And not just thinking about spiritual formation, but also looking back at the actual actions and works of God in your life. On the back of your bulletin, there's a number of questions. I think there's like six. There could be 400, okay? Think about in the last year, what has God done that you expected and didn't expect, that was surprising, uh, that was expected? You know, what has God been working in? Has he been working through people, through opportunities, through, uh, through you, through others? Has God shown up in grief or has God shown up in joy? Has God grown you through suffering? Has God grown you uh, through success? What is going on in your life that has allowed God to work in you and through you? What's he doing? And have you stopped to see what God's been doing so you can know what God's going to be doing next? Because Northwest, God is not a stagnant God. And God is not interested in the status quo. Earlier we read Philippians 4, 4 through 9, which encourages you to focus on all that is good and to do all of it praying with thanksgiving. And I want you, it was read earlier, we're not going to read it again now, but what I want you to do is to be thinking about in your life, what do you need to look back on over the last year and remember that which God did which was good so that with thanksgiving you can be celebrating and honoring that as you move forward into 2020. Because my hope and my prayer for this church is that God continues to take all that he's done in us to prepare us for what he needs to call us to next. Because I don't think God's done with this church. And I don't think God wants this church to get into maintenance mode where we're doing enough each Sunday to make it to the next Sunday. I think God wants this church to be a light to the neighbors, to the nations, to other churches. I think God wants this church to stand up and say, this is what happens when a body of people become the body of Christ. And if we're going to do that, we're going to need some vision. And we're going to need some mission. And we're going to need to see where the mission of God is leading so we can get on board wherever it takes it. And we're going to practice faith at home so we can raise up the next generation to do what we don't finish so that they can 
And we're going to keep talking about the work of the Spirit, not just the fruit, but the gifting and the calling and the working and the life of the Spirit, looking at what it means to be spiritually formed people, because the journey that we're going on, it's not going to be enough to keep looking at the past. We're going to need the Spirit to, to shine a light forward into where we need to go if we're willing to go where the Spirit leads. God's not done with us. I've got a prayer I want to, to share with you. This is from a book of prayer that, that I've really come to cherish. It's a, a preacher named Ray Harden who's done ministry for many years in Oklahoma and Kansas and uh, Illinois and in Indiana. Indiana. Uh, and he would often write down his prayers. And he has a prayer for the end of the year that I want to share with you this morning. And so as you think about what God's done in your life, hear this prayer called, At Year End. We remember now, Lord, our year gone by, a year of loss, of separation, of disappointment, a year of not being our true selves, but less, a year of lost opportunity to show kindness, to offer love, to provide forgiveness, to bestow comfort. We ask your forgiveness now, Lord, but we also remember now, Lord, our year gone by, a year of celebration, joy, comfort, encouragement, and hope. A year of victories, large and small, where we heard your voice and saw your face, if only for a brief moment. We pour out our thanks now, Lord. We face a new year, Lord. We know not what it will bring. Whether clouds of doubt or sunshine of clarity, whether deep grief or unimagined joy, whether steep hills of challenge or green valleys of rest, whether days of anxiety or weeks of calm, we ask you now, Lord, to be in each day, each step, each thought, each action, each endeavor. We ask you now, Lord, for a glimpse of your love, your care, your guidance, your providence, for a touch, a smile, a surprise, to remind us again and again and again that you are ever present with us and that you call us to hear your voice, to follow after you, and to pour ourselves out in service to each other. We give you, Lord, our year past, we give you, Lord, our days ahead, for we can do no more and no less. The question today is, have you given the Lord your years past, your days past? Have you given the Lord your days future, your years future? The invitation to you today is to give all of your life, past, present, and future, to Jesus Christ, your Lord, crucified and resurrected so that his spirit might be given to you, so that you might be seated with him at the right hand of God, living in this world until the time that we all come together to live in the kingdom forever, living in this world for now as his body, as his mouth, as his hands, as his feet, the church, Christians, those who are in Christ, if you've never made the decision to be in Christ, do it today. If you need to make another commitment going into next year to give more of your hours, your days, your months, and your future to God as he's been blessing you in the past, 
I encourage you to make that commitment this morning as we stand and sing.